Hey everybody, this is Heather and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Manifesting with Ease. I feel like sometimes that sounds like an oxymoron. Like these two things cannot exist all together. You know, ease and manifesting. Hmm, wouldn't it be a beautiful life, right? If you could just imagine and it would be. <laughs> so this episode really digs into how to do things with ease because it sounds beautiful. Of course, these things always sound beautiful, but how the heck do we do it? So let's get into it. And I'm so grateful that you're joining me today, guys. Here we go. I love the way the universe works. (laughs) I mean, today's episode was going to be all about how to do things with ease. And then I recognized something just in like deciding on this topic. As I sat down to record, I recognized that every time I record, I've been setting up everything in this one place in the room where it's like a struggle. I mean, it's not as though it's impossible, but it's just uncomfortable. Things are set up kind of weird. I don't know, nothing about it felt like ease. And all I had to do, literally all I had to do was move the microwave, the microwave. Oh my gosh, what a day this has been. (laughs) The tongue twisters that I've been having, so funny. Not the microwave, nope, not moving my microwave. Although I would if I had to. (laughs) At this point, I recognize the importance of ease with getting what you want. So anyway, I moved my microphone (laughs) to the other side of this little table, like a simple little solution that gives me a perfect place to sit comfortably. Um, I don't really have to rearrange as much stuff. It's funny, though, that the pattern of doing it the same way was so ingrained that just to make this tiny little shift... I really like had to stop and think like, why am I doing this? I hate having to do this every time. And once you recognize that a dislike for any part of your day, that's where you need to jump in and start to turn things around. Because as soon as I just thought about it and was like, well, why do I do this to myself every time? Isn't there a better way? And my mind jumped to the future of like, you know, my, my goal of having a podcast room, a dedicated space for this, where I don't have to remove the microphone, microphone. Okay. I was going to say it right. (laughs) I was going to say it right that time. And I still almost paused just to make sure. Okay. So yeah, where I don't have to move it and it has a home and it's secured to the table and I don't have to remove it every time. So my kids don't knock it over. And, you know, and I was like, why am I jumping to the future as though this is something that someday I will have when I can create it right here and now quite simply, you know, allow ease because there's ease all around us. We're just sometimes choosing the more difficult path. That's a fact. (laughs) I mean, this was a perfect, clear example of it. But boy, I feel like the word ease is actually that like magic dust on the equation that no one ever talks about. You know, uh, when we struggle or make something so hard to do or just have, I don't know, effort attached to it, where we feel like we're having to create steps to accomplish a goal. It, it, right? Like it just feels, every single part of me is not aligned in in good vibration with that idea of having to like strain to make things happen. So ease is the exact opposite. It's just like finding a way in which there's enjoyment with the things you're doing. You know, ease, peace, grace, those are like words that just, they even feel good to say. Because if you can get to a place where the mundane little things in your day 
actually are done with ease, they start to become a lot more enjoyable. You know, um, early in this season of this podcast, I definitely spoke a lot on cortisol, that hormone that, you know, cave days, great, saved our lives. These days, uh, we need to know when to shut it off, back it down. It's not as necessary, right? So when you think about things being a struggle, that's where cortisol is like at its height and it's it's constant and it's like the valve is wide open and ease is kind of the opposite it's when you turn it off and you don't need it everything's easy breezy I mean literally the feeling of a warm breeze in my face is to me the definition of ease um you know so kind of figure out what is ease for you for me it's like you know any activity I'm about to do if it feels like work if it feels like steps if it feels like ugh, I gotta go do it, then it's something I think I need to pull apart a little bit. Like, I'm still not there. And you all listen to me from the start of this podcast will know that, like, I struggle with paying bills because I hate to do it. Um, I don't know what it is about it. But I also don't love the automation of it all either because when you just set up to have it automatically withdrawn and stuff, like, there's a control element I haven't totally released yet around that. You know, there's all kinds of elements and layers here, but my point is the fact that I dislike the activity so much makes avoidance really high for me. I avoid like crazy the things I don't love to do. So something just as simple as me moving this microphone to this side of the table made today's podcast feel like more ease. I'm sitting in a comfortable space, which you should be doing if you're wanting to discuss something like ease. (laughs) If you want it to be spoken with ease, you need to be comfortable, right? It's like we make ourselves uncomfortable and then we hope to somehow make it easy. It just doesn't work. Uh, So that's a big part of it is like figure out what makes you feel good and comfortable and at ease. Because once you know that and you're connected to knowing yourself well enough to know what feels good, then it's then there's ease in creating ease <laughs> because we know what you need. If you need a quiet space and, or if you just need like, okay, so here's a good example. There's, there wasn't ease for me initially with like being home by myself. Um, and I realized that I could create ease with it by turning on the television as background noise. Um, and then it was getting a, an animal, a house pet helps dramatically there's always a constant little noise happening right what you guys know you've listened to my dog ticking along his little toenails or panting or whatever there's always some sounds you know this white noise in the background Uh, and then I recognized that the television it was actually not the best strategy because whatever was on the TV it affects your mood. It aff- So if you put on like crime shows or whatever, it, it affects your day. If you put on things that are lighthearted and funny, sure, great. But it also is still a distraction, right? So when I would tune into something like that, I wasn't tuned into the, the job I was trying to get done. So especially for those of you who have like since COVID maybe or just always been a a stay-at-home worker or somebody who's virtual, you know the struggle of trying to find a way to be comfortable in your environment but not distracted. You know, being able to stay on task without letting all these other attractive things pull you in. So the TV's gone away. I prefer like a podcast in the background or some music. Um, 
But even more important than that for me, uh, it was that white noise. And like I said, my dog helps in the music and the podcasting. But I, it's bigger than that. Like sometimes dig just like a smidge deeper and figure out like what is wrong with the peace and the quiet? What about that bothers me so much? Um, because truly... I do enjoy being able to focus and my focus comes from quiet. So why was I so drawn to making noise? Well, for me anyway, it was a bigger, deeper issue of, you know, I have stuff that I've had in my life, the loss of my husband or any past things that have made it really difficult for you to be um, alone with your thoughts <laughs> and not distracting yourself. So I recognize in me that I've used it as a distraction mechanism because even it's like before there was life in my house, right? There was the constant background noise of another individual and that gave me peace. And then the absence of that was recognized. So now it's like this thing that was a little thing before where I really didn't like the quiet all that much because I just kind of liked being in the action. Um, sort of snowballed into like silence equals aloneness or loneliness. You know, I was connecting that. Um, so digging even deeper into that, I mean, it's like we could slap band-aids on things all day long. I can create noise and sounds to avoid the thing that's really something I didn't like. Or, I mean, maybe I just uncover, why don't I like being alone and quiet? You know, what is it about being alone that makes me feel lonely? Because they're not the same thing. And for whatever reason, for me, when I'm alone, I'm really lonely. And it's not always the case but I did recognize that if I strip away all the things like the TV and the, well, all the distractions, then I am really feeling lonely. It feels silent. It feels still. It feels like the life has been drained out of my home. And that's a fact. I mean, my husband's passed. If my kids are away, if my dog's, you know, at the neighbors or whatever it is, and it's just really silent, it feels like what I've been sort of like dipping away from and avoiding is right there in my face. The fact of the matter is that I am alone. <laughs> you know, I can only avoid that so much. It is what it is. So that's the work I do on myself now through meditation and other, you know, means of working on being okay with that, picking up a good book and like growing myself instead of just allowing like the TV to distract me with unhealthy, you know, junk that it's throwing at me. I've tried to get better at those things or just going outside and letting the breeze on my face feel good. That's my ease, you know, and being okay with that. Because for whatever reason, outdoors, the aloneness and loneliness doesn't hit me as much as between the four walls, you know. Um, and maybe it is because when you're in that expansive space of like nature and you can hear the waves crash or you can hear the wind in the trees or whatever it is, connecting to nature makes me feel far less lonely. Um, and sometimes it's just the simple fix of like, maybe you have been alone too long. Maybe you have been in your house in a quiet space for too long and I need to just get out and do something. So you can uncover like, what is it about you? Where's the disease, disease, see, disease in your life? And, and it will help that. It will help the physical disease by figuring out where you are not at ease. So 
some people it's like, well, when it's time for me to have to do exercise, that's when I am really like, ugh, you know, the dread comes in and I've heard that a lot. And you know, it's probably because you've not yet connected with an exercise that feels good for your soul. Um, you know, my days as a physical therapist, that it was like, that was a big part. When you knew somebody needed weight loss or if you knew somebody needed to do some exercises for their leg and, and they really felt yucky about it. It was like, no, I just hate exercising and working out. Or, and so they just weren't doing their home exercises. Let me just tell you, you can't hide that from your physical therapist. It's pretty obvious when you're not doing the thing. So, you know, I would have to get real creative. Like, let's dig into what do you love to do? Because some people might hate exercise, but they might love to dance. Some people might hate exercise, but they adore swimming. And they haven't yet connected the fact that dance and swim, these are exercises. These are ways to get your endurance better and to have fun while doing it doesn't therefore negate that it's an exercise. You know what I mean? Like we want to say, well, well, that was just me like out there having a good time at the bar. (laughs) Fine. But you were going to go sit at the bar, but this time you were at line dancing on the dance floor. You weren't sitting there consuming alcohol and, you know, at a fast rate, you were out there getting your heart rate up. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a good lifestyle decision. (laughs) You just traded one bad habit for a great habit. So like, look at it through that lens of it doesn't have to mean it's something you hate, right? So when you're trying to create more ease, find what you love. And then from there, find the things that you really dislike in your day. And if you can replace one with the other, that's a double whammy, right? You've now gotten rid of the bad habit and you've infused a good one. So you're really making fast strides. So congratulate yourself if you can get there. But um, I mean, some people have zero ease with trying to sleep at night. And something like that is so impactful on so many levels of your day, your focus, your energy, or, you know, all the stuff the next day will be affected by how well you slept the night before. So don't make it a miserable experience. Um, For me, I started out because I knew I couldn't sleep. I would just lay there. Like I did a few nights of it after the loss of my husband where it was like, oh my gosh, just staring at a ceiling thinking about all the lack and the loss and the sadness, and it just went on for hours. And then I'd put the TV back on because I would try to, like, distract myself until I got exhausted and just nod it off. But then I learned to do activities during the day that I enjoyed that would wipe me out and tire me out so I would be tired enough at night to sleep. You know, I mean, be aware of your decisions. Don't just have all these caffeinated drinks all day long and not be giving yourself like this vital, important thing of life called water. (laughs) And then, you know, wonder why when you had the blue screens on all day long and all this, you know, stuff getting fed into your system and then it's time for lights out and you're like staring at the walls. Well, it's because you haven't treated yourself right leading up to it. You know, so let's get rid of some of those disease factors, the dis-ease factors, and find a way to infuse the ease in your day, having fun, doing... I mean, listen, the most exhausted I've ever been is like a, a full day outdoors in the sun. Just having fun at the beach, throwing a frisbee with my kids, being out by, you know, fishing at lakeside with my kids, whatever it is. 
I'm by the time that the sun peaks down, it's like four in the afternoon and I could probably go to bed because I've been outdoors, breathing the fresh air, doing active things so long that I'm just, I'm tired and the best kind of tired because I had a great day. It's not like I, you know, just was distracting myself with things I hated all day long and busy, busy, busying and cleaning my house. No, I've gotten to a place where actually doing something I enjoy can bring me fatigue and it's not exhaustion. It's just my body's tired and needs a plug-in. <laughs> it needs to get, you know, that deep REM sleep and feel rejuvenated the next day. And so I think one reason there's so much dis-ease in our community is because people are filling their life with so much that they don't like and that is dis-ease when you're at ease you like what you're doing right you're enjoying it and so many people are just so busy 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 with things they hate <laughs> and I mean it doesn't have to be pure hate but like like I said with this microphone I was making it uncomfortable you know and the discomfort of it and the having to move it around a million times and reposition and stack things up to get it to rest just so it was like added work that didn't need to be there and so because of it there was this annoyance and because of the annoyance there was avoidance and because of the avoidance you know do you see where I'm going with this it's like that tiny little thing that irked me led to all kinds of things that created a dis-ease in my day and so how do we create health and ease, it's simple. We gotta start looking at our day and picking it apart from the moment your feet hit the floor in the morning. Are you entering this day in a space of like excitement and looking forward to what you're about to do? Are you having gratitude for what you already have? Are you in the right headspace? Or are you already like before you're even walking down the stairs going, oh yeah, I gotta do this today, I gotta get to that, I can't forget to do this, and like, all of a sudden, you set a different stage for that day just based on the, the compounding list of to-dos and the worry over how it's going to get done instead of the gratitude for the day and how you're feeling and, you know, what you already have. So me just tweaking that a bit helped immensely with having more ease in my day. But even still, like, I hit around this time of day where I start thinking, oh, have I done enough? Isn't that a funny little thing your brain will do sometimes? Like, before when I had patients scheduled from 7 to, I think usually my last patient I took was around 3, 3.30 or whatever. Um, and when I had patients all day long and then a scheduled time to do paperwork and you know, a certain time I wanted to leave work by. It was like I kind of had a gauge of like, yeah, I had a pretty productive day. I got this done. Or, or sometimes it was like fret over what I didn't get done. But still, there was some type of like, um, I don't know how to put it exactly, but structure around the day, you know. And now that I am more in charge, and this is like, you know, nationwide, this is a big change for us as Americans, I see it all the time. People are working from home now and it's like a, it's a freedom that is like a blessing and a curse for some because they haven't quite figured out the dance. <laughs> and it's hard to not be judgmental over yourself. Did I get enough done? You know, and so some people click into overachiever mode of like, 
you know, trying to impress the, you know, your boss or whoever and do, do, do more than what you need to do to make up for the fact that you feel like, you know, you feel like almost like you're not working when you don't even have to necessarily get dressed up for work in the morning or you, you know, your kids interrupt and for five minutes and then you're feeling guilty or whatever. I've, I've seen the overcompensators. And then there's others who hit the end of their day and just feel unaccomplished. You know, it's not like not enough was done and or <laughs> overdone. You know, it's like there's not a, a sort of, okay, the day's done. I'm so excited to hop in my car, drive home. So be cautious of that for those of you who are now having this time at home that you're not like you're not depriving yourself of that time to be grateful over your day because I think many of us had that where like once you get in your car and you're driving home there's that little bit of like "Ah, yeah now I'm gonna get to go see my people I'm gonna get to whatever make dinner relax you know there's excitement over the next step but when you're already sitting in your living room working from your computer or in your office or whatever and all you're doing is opening the door and you know sometimes we don't take the moment to just and leave work at work and let it go and be grateful that now you're coming home. Think of it still like you're still coming home to this wonderfulness. And even during your day, try to be okay with the fact that it can feel better. You know, maybe before, like I know for me, I hated leaving my house so early to make sure I was there for my first patient of the morning because there was this feeling of like, not the time commitment necessarily, but there was just this feeling of, I don't know, me not being the one in control, but me having to follow, like, or I don't know what it was, but it, there's more freedom now with how I ease into my day. But it it still doesn't mean, I mean, I'll work sometimes until midnight, so it's still all getting done, probably doing way more work than I ever did when I had the schedule. But for some reason, I still feel like I've done less. And that's something that, like, it, it is not a place of ease. So I, this is why I wanted to bring that little point up because I think there are many people falling into this now, especially with this homework, homework, <laughs> with working from home, where, you know, we don't always allow ourselves to still feel really good and also close it down at a certain time of day and walk away from it and know that you did a full day of work and now you get to be a full person at home. <laughs> so on that note, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. There's more to come. So I have a program to help the grieving through very difficult loss. Um, It is a 10-week intensive program that is very transformational and at a rate that is quicker than most programs that exist out there. Now, I recognize that for everybody that is not something that is affordable after the major loss of a dear loved one, That can be a very stressful time for many people. Um, And when finances are your biggest stress, I don't want to add to that list. (laughs) I do not want to stack on more stress to try to help you through your grief. So for that reason, I developed a monthly subscription program for people who still wanted to be a part of my grief coaching community. I do group grief coaching weekly as well as posts to coach with how-tos on how I did things, how I got through the loss of my husband, um, and have joy back in my life and a real smile on my face. I want to help other people through it. It is a 
$33 a month um, cost and people can stay in as little or as long as they want and by being inside there you get access to all of my past posts all of my past lives there's a library in there that you can go through at your own speed and pace or just pick which ones apply to you and which ones don't um, but it is a wonderful community you have the support of others inside there you can leave at any time without commitment so I hope that you take me up on that. And if you're looking for the link for that, I will leave it in today's podcast description. Thanks, guys. Back to the show. So I was brought up with the whole work hard, play hard sort of motto. <laughs> you know, this was just the way that I feel like most of us were brought up was like, you know, you got to get out there and bust your butt, work harder than the next guy, 150%. Like, put in more work than what they're asking. Go above and beyond. Show how you stand out and above the crowd. And, you know, you get what you put in. All these little cliche-sounding, you know, slogans and sayings and mottos and whatnot, uh, those were sort of the building blocks that I was created on. <laughs> so um, if you're like me and those are things that were sort of infused in you, it is a very hard thing to switch off and turn on ease and believe that you're still manifesting a future that you want. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, if what I want to manifest is this owning this big company and making millions of dollars and having the perfect wife and, you know, <laughs> people have this like vision of driving the Lamborghini and whatever. Like if that's what I'm trying to manifest, you're telling me I have to like kick back and have ease no I gotta work hard I gotta push more I gotta you know market better I've gotta work weekends and and I just feel like that is a big tripping point for many of us because how do you get around this inner knowledge of like the people who achieve are the people who put in the work and then also connecting those dots to having a life of ease that feels good and leaving behind anything that doesn't and that doesn't feel aligned. And so that merger <laughs> can happen. It's most important that the end goal, I'm going to put in air quotes because I'm not even a big fan of setting these huge goals, but um, we'll say whatever your end picture is of this life you desire. That's where I think many of us mess up because we haven't really figured out what makes us happy. You know, I mean, put it this way. You could have the million dollars and the perfect wife, again, air quoting, <laughs> and the Lamborghini and all these things. Oh, well, let me just tell you my story. I had my dream car, finally. You know, it was like this really fancy <laughs> car that I'd wanted and I manifested and made it happen, all this stuff, right? <laughs> the first summer that I brought it somewhere at the lake and mice got in, pooped all over the interior. I actually drove the car that day to the grocery store and I looked up and inside of my like, I don't know what you want to call it, like, you know, not in the glove compartment, but this like center behind the stick shift, you know, like right in there, there's like this open little area where you can put your wallet or your phone or whatever. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> looking back at me is this beady-eyed little mouse and I was like oh my gosh so I went into the grocery store and the uh, I think I had to go to the uh, what do you call it like um 
hardware store next door got two different kinds of mouse traps because I was so terrified put them in my trunk and in the front of the car and then just hoped that it got them um and then can you imagine having to put your groceries in this car knowing there's a mouse in there oh my god let me just tell you it wasn't all as cracked up to be <laughs> and the funny part is I ended up finding out it was it's more in newer makes and models. Don't quote me on this, but the guy told me, the mechanic said, it's because they use um, corn syrup in some of the parts in the nicer cars and it attracts these rodents and then they chewed through all the lines and whatever. Here's my point. It might look great, fancy and sound perfect and like ideal. I'd love to be driving this around town. But that shiny feeling, that new feeling of driving it, feeling good about yourself as you're driving this fancy car, it does wear off. I mean, I thought forever I'd have that feeling inside, but it's not, it's almost like it changes your set point of what it takes to make you feel good. Because once you get that Lamborghini, you're probably going to want something else or the newer model or the um, whatever to go along with it or the sound system or the tinted windows or whatever I don't know my point is just this that like we once we bump up and get and achieve that thing we thought we wanted we usually raise the roof a little bit it's like all of a sudden okay well I have that now now I want this big house with three stall garage to be able to put my you know car in and still have space to do this and so instead if we can find a way not just to not set goals because I mean it's good to want bigger things for yourself but really evaluate first like what is it that you're wanting because it's probably something that that car is giving you like if you drove a Lamborghini how would you feel inside you'd probably feel pretty proud of yourself you'd probably feel pretty successful you'd probably feel free with the air and you're blowing through the windows and whatever like whatever the feeling is that you think that car is gonna give you try to find that somewhere in your life like try to find another way because you might it might be even more achievable than you thought to feel that pride to feel confident and it might not take a Lamborghini to get there <laughs> you know and so instead of always feeling like you're reaching for the next thing because the problem with that is you get to the end of life and it's like I got a whole bunch of things but I'm not sure if I ever actually enjoyed it along the way I mean you don't want to be that guy that gets to the top and is just like now what you know I mean now I gotta reach for something else it still doesn't feel fulfilling it still doesn't feel like I got what I was hoping for um because for some people it would be like oh I'd just love to be able to travel more well you might be able to travel more if you didn't have all of these you know additional expenses that you're you know adding to your plate to try to achieve the goal of getting the car and do you know what I mean like sometimes you just go really look at it and pick it apart and be like how many things on this list like even if I had you know multiple millions in the bank right now I would not go out and buy a Lamborghini with my money so as much as I might say oh that'd be fun to drive I'd love to have that I wouldn't actually go out and get it for myself because it would feel like a waste of money even at that amount of money I would still feel like well that feels like a waste of money I don't need that it, so why would I feel that way it's because it never really was a goal it just sounds like what you should want when you get to that point is a fancy car isn't that funny it's not even it's like programmed in us sometimes like oh yeah if I get to this level I'll get this thing 
I know so many people that have finally gotten their dream car just to very happily get rid of it. Like they, people that have bounced from like the nicest vehicles back down to your average everyday, you know, run of the mill car. And it's because, you know, I mean, there's a, well, I actually have a friend right now who much like what my husband and I did had bought a boat that was just like the top of the line, brand new, fancy, like can do all these fun water sports. And you get all caught up with the salespeople sometimes and the, you know, the idea of it and how much fun you'll have. And then when you get it and you realize, oh, that's not what I'm actually really using it for much. And now I'm paying like a mortgage to have this boat that I barely use. And when I do, I mean, I could give or take, or I could take like, any boat out and be just as happy because it's really the time with family that I wanted. And actually, if I got this boat, I could probably fit even more family out on it and have more space to move around. And we just get caught up in like stuff <laughs> and the idea of what the stuff will bring. And then sometimes it's like, man, we worked so hard and got that thing. And now I'm back at like, now I got to sell it. <laughs> You know, what the heck? We could spend our whole life buying and selling and trying to figure it all out. Or we could just take a little bit of time to get to know ourselves a little better. And what is it we want to feel? Like, I just want to feel surrounded by my friends and family. What's going to give me that? Those are my new goals in life. So instead of like wanting some new fancy house in some tropical location, no, I just want to add on more rooms to the house I already have. I just want people to be able to come and stay with me. <laughs> right? Like, I don't even care about it being in the middle of the Turks and Caicos or, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's not as important. It's just that I want us all to be together because the reality is I buy a place in Turks and Caicos and my fa- friends and family might not be buying plane tickets to go out there and visit me anyway, right? As much as it sounds like, oh my gosh, we'd have the best time and they're probably not going to be doing that all the time. But they might come here and see me if I have a, a place or a bed for them to lay their head on. So that's what I'm saying is don't get so, so caught up in it having to be, I don't know, fancy isn't the word, but you know, sometimes these extravagant ideas are rooted in something that we really do desire in our lives, but it's probably very achievable already. It's not even something you have to set some big life goal and have some multi-million dollar company in order to achieve. It's an internal feeling that you're looking for. And if you can already find that with what you already have, don't exhaust yourself and put yourself in a state of dis-ease trying to get there. Right? I mean, let's, I mean, my husband was so good about thinking about our future and putting money away for our future and all of this stuff. Well, guess what? He didn't get a future right? That never got to happen for him. I'm grateful that he was very good about that. I mean, it certainly will help me in my future, but like, I know that there's so much more he could have had out of this life and so much more fun that could have been achieved. And I'm not saying throw away all your financial plans. I'm just saying like really, really think on being a little more present with your ideas and dreams You know, what is it today that I'm searching for? Because if you're always planning for tomorrow and you're always in that future state of trying to just like figure out how the next chapter is going to look perfect, you're missing the one that you're in. You're busy doing to achieve instead of enjoying with ease. (laughs) So finding a job that aligns with something that you can hop out of bed every day and be excited to go do I don't think many people 
actually ever get that. But if you do, you are blessed. And if you're not, you should be looking for it because it's never too late. I mean, I think, I, I feel like lately I've probably changed careers like the wind, but you know, I mean, I just move with what feels good and aligned and right for me and right for, um, you know, my ability to like help people and for me to feel good. And so I learn as I go. So with everything I try, when I tried blogging, I realized uh, I love blogging. I don't love keywords. I don't love having to make sure that I'm, you know, making everything check all these boxes in order for me to pop up in searches. And like, I want to write freely. So I ended up figuring out that within my Facebook groups, I can inspire and write whatever I want. And it doesn't have to tick all these boxes to get seen by tons of people. It just has to be inspirational. And I can write a book, which I'm working on currently. And when I write that book, I can put my heart and words into it. And of course, someday an editor might say, well, it has to, you know, you have to do this and that. I can choose to take it or leave it probably. But um, but if they know what they're doing, you know, I, I can release that. But I got to say my piece and, and get it out there. And that feels more, you know... That feels better to me. Like it doesn't feel like I'm having to manipulate my words. If they then need to, you know, tweak it or whatever to make it hit the masses, fine, whatever. But um, you get what I'm saying. Like I get to speak my heart. And when it comes to like talking, I mean, I a podcast is something that was kind of always on my back burner. But upon doing this, I realized a lot about myself. I never could even hear a recording of my voice, the sound of my voice on somebody's like voicemail without cringing. I don't sound like that. <laughs> you know, I was so worried about what it sounded like. I don't even edit these guys. I don't even tweak them. I add a little music to the beginning and end. I make sure that I record um, an advertisement somewhere in the middle. I walk away, I upload it, and you listen or you don't. It's whether it aligns for other people. But I'm clean and good with what I'm saying. I feel good about it. And I don't have to worry about making it perfect for anybody or editing my dog or my kids out of it or, you know, any of these sounds that come up or the train in the background. I don't have to care about that. I get to have ease that I said my message and that people now can access it and hear it. If I got caught up in the perfection of it all, it would never get released. I'd probably be able to release like one every three weeks versus I'm doing it every single week. I just record in a small amount of time and then I write a description, upload it, done, it's it. And I didn't make all of these barriers between me and what I wanted by trying to make it hard. I let it be easy. Ease. E. <laughs> right? Let's let it be easy. Because why does it have to be so hard? It doesn't. Somewhere along the line, you got the message just like I did that for it to be successful, it takes hard work and grit. You got to get in there and you got to put in the extra time above everybody else. I don't care if Joey down the street is able to do his podcast in 30 minutes flat and gets way more listeners than me, it's okay, right? Like it, And then when I have ease with that, when I'm okay with not having to be in competition with anybody else, I'm just doing my own thing, then that turns the lights on for so much more, right? Because now I have freedom to also continue to coach within my groups. I have time to parent my kids who are home right now on summer break. I have time to 
clean house and do all those things and take care of my dog. And I have other time for other tasks without being so bogged down and overworked and, you know, trying to make it so perfect. And I want to give you guys permission to do the same. Let it be messy. Let it be easy. (laughs) And when you let the ease in, more ease comes. I mean, this is law of attraction at work here. And we know that this is a law, not a woo-woo, you know, game. This is truly like gravity, a law of science that you are attracting what you are being. And so when we are at ease... And when we stay in the space of everything being easy, it is like magic. Because if you're wanting something to happen, you're wanting that person to call and ask you out on a date, you're wanting that perfect job offer to come your way, you're wanting the money to show up in the bank, well, guess how it happens with ease? Only if you're at ease. Because if you're stressed, worrying, wanting, desiring, trying to make it happen, goal-oriented, competing, all those things, it's pushing it away. The law of attraction will literally is already moving it towards you if you want it. And then every time there's doubt, worry, struggle, you know, trying to take steps to make it happen, all those things are like one barrier after another that you're just throwing in between you and the thing that's trying to come to you. So when you think of it like that, That's why I'm saying, like, you just got to kind of kick back. And I'm not saying sit there on the beach and, you know, drink a mojito and then guess what? It's going to magically fall on your lap. No. You can still take action steps, but let them be easy. Let them not stress you out. Let them be really good, but coming from a place of creativity and not competition. Let it be that there's already a magnetic draw of it to you and you're just throwing out more things to catch it and pull it in, not throwing down more things between you and it, right, as a barrier. That's what I'm saying. That's what ease is all about. It's just letting science and laws of nature do what they want to do, which is give you what you desire. That is a very cool thing. If you can get your head around the fact that life is trying to give you what you want and you're the only thing in your own way, then it's so much easier to step out of the way of disease, disease, and get what you want. <laughs> like, just let it come and let it be easy, easy. It feels so much better, too, when it comes through ease. I mean, isn't it way more fun when you open your mailbox and there's a check in there than when you work and work and then, like, a little money trickles in and then you lose a little and then, you're, you know, it's like you're almost there and then you're not. No, you just want to open the mailbox and see it. That's what ease feels like. It's like all of a sudden you decide, I'd love to go out with this person on a date. And then you pick up your phone and send them a text. And the next thing you know, you guys are going out on Friday night. Because they said yes, because it was easy. You did it with ease. They said yes with ease. And that's that reciprocal like infinity sign. If you can picture the flow out and in and out and in. It's so easy. You give with ease, you get with ease. (laughs) So I hope you can take this message today and go out with so much ease. And just like evaluate your day a little. Give yourself a little homework assignment to sort of look at every step. And when it doesn't feel like it's with ease... See if there's a way, like I did today with my microphone, not my microwave, (laughs) with my microphone, and make it just a little bit easier, and then see what else happens. See if more ease comes into your afternoon. All right, guys, thank you for listening to the message today, and I hope you come back and listen to more. Make sure you subscribe. Bye, guys.